house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Yeah, I am. Hello, people. Welcome to Bible News Radio. It is October 3rd, 2020. Yeah, we're going to listen to Chris Rice here. And then we're going to get into some interesting news, including, was that a biological weapon? Do you think that was hit over on Trump? Hmm? Do you? Here I am on the other side of the radio. We'll find out, won't we? I'll read you the article. Wondering why I'm here and why anybody cares what I say. This is such a cool song. I love this song. No, I'm not a better man because I'm singing my songs on the radio. And thank you for tweeting this out, sharing it out wherever you're at. Appreciate it, people. Yeah, I do. Now I imagine you on the other side of the radio. Yeah, I do. Kinda. Doing your homework or driving with your windows down on the freeway. You ever do that? I see you tapping the wheel. I see you bobbing your head to the radio. Y'all do that? Oh, it makes my day. See that smile on your face, yes. Yep, here we go. Ready? Here's the chorus, people. Because it's you and me singing the same song right now. Maybe this will bring us together somehow. Maybe there's a million people all singing along. Somebody started thinking about the third line And maybe some saying a prayer for the first time That's enough reason to keep me singing my song Singing my songs on the other side of the radio Crank up the volume That's right, people. sing at the top of your lungs with the radio Everybody's a sanguine Tuning in to some good Along with the DJ. Yep. Let's talk good news, people. From the other side of Bible News Radio. Oh, and it makes my day. That does. See that smile on your face. And in some small way. Hey, hey, I remember my place because it's you and me singing the same song right now. Maybe this will bring us together somehow. Maybe there's a million people all singing along. Somebody started thinking about the third line. And maybe some saying a prayer for the first time. That's enough reason to keep me singing my song. Singing my songs on the other side of the radio. We have an Aspie friend who thinks we're funny. Yeah, she does. Okay, here we go. Sing the song with us, okay? You and me singing the same song right now. Maybe this will bring us together somehow. Maybe there's a million people all singing along. Somebody started thinking about the third line. And maybe some saying a prayer for the first time. That's enough reason to keep me singing my song. Keep singing my song on the other side of the radio. Na 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 That's it, people. Yeah, it is. Chris Rice, the name of the song, The Other Side of the Radio. You can go over to YouTube, check it out. One of my favorite songs. It's on his uh, CD called Run the Earth and Watch the Sky, which is one of my favorite ones of his. In case you've never heard the CD, it's, it's really good. It's actually about, hmm, I don't know, 
I think I was in grad school when this thing became popular, so not sure. I don't know. But anyway, so <clears throat> how are you doing tonight, people? Are you doing well? Hopefully you're doing okay. I, uh, I'm doing okay. Glad to be here. Randall and I are going to make sure that we keep this to an hour because my husband has a commitment at 7 o'clock, right? 8 o'clock. Yeah. At 8 o'clock. And uh, so <clears throat> we hope that you're doing well. All right. So I want to begin tonight's show by offering a word of encouragement to you. I don't know how many of you are in my daily disciples group, but I got to share with you that... Um, that today we read Psalm 94 and we read Psalm 95. And um, I probably should have told Bareface this. Um, but Psalm 94 is very powerful. And I want to start the show by sharing this with you because I think, it's, I think it's apropos because of what's going on with President Trump and, um, and all that. So I'm going to I'm going to read this and I think you guys will understand what we're talking about here. So it says here, "O Lord, God of vengeance, God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth, render recompense to the proud. How long shall the wicked, O Lord, how long shall the wicked exalt? They pour forth words, they speak arrogantly. All who do wickedness vaunt themselves." They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the orphans. They have said the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob pay heed. One of these days we're going to get some time to go and we're going to look at some news in Israel because there's a lot going on over there. Um, <clears throat> but the enemies of God will say this. They, they don't think God sees, but God does see. Verse 8. Pay heed, you senseless among the people, and when will you understand, stupid ones? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who chastens the nations, will he not rebuke? Even he who teaches man knowledge? The Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are a mere breath. Yeah, he does. He totally knows that. Blessed is the man whom you chasten, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, that you may grant him relief from the days of adversity until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not abandon his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. For judgment will again be righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will stand up for me against evildoers? Who will take his stand for me against those who do wickedness? That's one you might want to write down, people. Verse 16, Psalm 94, 16. Write that down. Are you going to be one of those people that stand up against the evildoers? Are you going to be one of those people who stand for Jesus against those who do wickedness? We're, we're in those days, guys. Verse 17, if the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have dwelt in the abode of silence. If I should say my foot has slipped, your loving kindness, O Lord, will hold me up. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. Can a throne of destruction be allied with you? One which devises mischief by decree? They band themselves together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has been my stronghold and my rock of my refuge. He has brought back their wickedness upon them and will destroy them in their evil. The Lord, our God, will destroy them. So tonight, as I, as I read this, I read this psalm earlier today in my Daily Disciples Facebook group, which if you're not in, you should go check it out. Get in there. Every day we're reading something. And I was really struck by, by the, the prayer of this righteous person. I'm not sure who it is. I'm going to guess probably David, even though it doesn't say that. It might be somebody else. 
doesn't say who doesn't give attribution to it to who wrote this but whoever it was understood that God was a righteous judge and he also understood that God will repay those who do evil and wicked and he also understood that the evil and the wicked come against God's people and God the wicked people do not understand they don't believe that God sees or that God is going to repay but God's word clearly says that God will repay he will he will repay you know verse 5 says they crush your people O Lord and afflict your heritage and and then verse 7 or 6 they slay the widow and the stranger and murder the orphans you know the things that America stands for because of wicked judges in our government and wicked legislatures who write this wicked stuff that we do the murder of babies the 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 stealing of money the greed all the stuff you know that goes against God and what he really upholds do you know that God doesn't want you to hurt you know you know God doesn't desire for any of us to to suffer right I mean that's you know not something that he desires and yet we do we will the Bible says that we will be persecuted because of whose we belong to because of Christ for all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus we will be persecuted and with that persecution comes pain often but this here is clearly a condemnation of those who judge wickedly and take advantage of God's people and we're seeing that big time right so how do we apply this to our modern day age well we apply it because we realize that those who are coming against God's people are wicked and many of those people say that they are God's people and they're ignorant because they they don't know God you know if you're a person who thinks that God is just love and, and love is love then you know you can love whoever the heck it is that you want then you don't know God's word at all because God is very clear throughout his word what he judges and the only difference well there's a huge difference between him and us and but he's righteous he knows all things we don't you know that's Psalm 94 uh, anyway and so I just thought well maybe you, you would like to read that and hear some thoughts on that in the beginning because you know this thing that happened with Trump yesterday or maybe Wednesday whenever it was we don't know um, I find it interesting and I found an article um, which I'm going to read. It's titled Biological Weapons Attack Conspiracies Surface Over Quote Suspicious Timing of Trump GOP Senators Suddenly Getting Virus. And this is over on the, from the, um, it's over on WorldNet Daily. Um, but it looks like it's also from a place called BizPack Review. Listen to this, you guys. Tell me what you think. Scores of Americans are developing conspiracy theories about what they see as, as suspicious timing after President Donald Trump announced Friday that he and First Lady Melania Trump and other Republicans have suddenly contracted the disease. First and foremost, there are the optics of the president getting sick. Conspirators note the irony that Trump has now come down with an illness he has in the past downplayed as not so serious. Which is technically true, given that the earliest models predicting millions of deaths in the United States alone were grossly inaccurate. i got to turn the page here. I don't know where I'm going. So, <laughs> hold on one minute, people. Oh, yeah, that's where it goes. Okay. Um, sorry, Bareface. I didn't know about that. Ah, wait, hold on. Waiting for this thing to load. Okay. Got to scroll down here. Then there's the matter, uh, wait a minute, blah, blah, which is, okay, yeah. Then there is the matter of politics. As of Saturday, the election is just a month away, and already there is speculation that contracting the virus this close could hurt the president politically. 
I think it's going to make the COVID virus and how the virus is being handled and how the president has dealt with it and how Joe Biden handled it. That puts it right to the top of the political agenda again and makes it a very important issue in this campaign. Fox News host Chris Wallace, who moderated the first debate between the candidates last week, told the network on Friday, Chris Wallace didn't moderate anything. He should be fired. (laughs) From ever, maybe not fired from his job, but he should definitely not be allowed to moderate again because he was awful at it. That was awful. It was an embarrassment to him for sure. The president's illness also puts in doubt the next two debates with Biden, debates that Democrats have for months been advising the former vice president to avoid. In fact, there were new calls by Democrats for Biden to ditch the debates again following the first one on Tuesday. Yeah, because he got Trump by Trump. <laughs> Biden got his butt kicked. Eh, some, I, some would say just the opposite. Most say that Trump won, which I think he did. But anyway, and the conspirators note the virus certainly seems partisan. On the same day the president and first lady announced they were sick, news broke that Trump advisor Hope Hicks, Republican National Committee chairwoman Rona McDaniel, and Senators Mike Lee, Republican Utah, and Ron Johnson, Republican Wisconsin, had all contracted the virus as well. And also Chris Christie, apparently, is now also in the hospital. He's a Republican. Sort of. But no Democrats. That seems odd, given the intense precautions taken to protect the president and those in his inner circle, the conspirators argue. In addition to the presidential election, the conspirators note There's also the nomination of a constitutional originalist to the Supreme Court who is vehemently opposed by the Democrat left, potentially hanging in the balance. To that point, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat, New York, and Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat, California, the ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, have used the president's illness as justification to call on Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican, Kentucky, to postpone Judge Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearings and subsequent confirmation vote until after the election. There is bipartisan agreement that a virtual confirmation hearing for a lifetime appointment to the federal bench is not an acceptable substitute, they say. I don't know. I think it's fine. We're doing everything else virtually. Why not that, right? It's critical that Chairman Graham put the health of senators, the nominee, and staff first and ensure a full and fair hearing that is not rushed, not truncated, and not virtual, they added. Though congressional committees have been holding virtual hearings for months. Right. Tucker Carlson briefly touched on the various theories circulating online elsewhere during an interview with Donald Trump Jr. Friday night. The timing of this is all very, very, and I'm sure nothing to it, but it's very, very weird, he said. I'm not going to get conspiratorial on that one, but yeah, it's definitely close proximity Don Jr. responded, I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy guy on this. I was just noting it's a little strange, Carlson said. Others agree. Other Dems caught removing masks when they think cameras were off. One Dems Dems was even caught on hot mic saying the mask is just symbolic for TV. Democrats matched with BLM crowds attended George Floyd's 3,000-person funeral. So why is it just Republicans getting COVID? Melissa Tate at The Right Melissa said, October 3rd, 2020. That's today. I don't mean to spook anyone, but this surely smells like a biological weapons attack. Um, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) Mike said, we won't say what is. You can read it on the screen if you prefer. (laughs) Uh, Biological weapon attack, poisoning. They need to test his food, meds, water, glasses, papers, pens, even his ties for anything. No flu shot. Uh, agree. Someone c- compromised the testing at the debate. Um, been feeling weird about the whole thing. Do I do? I would agree. Just trying to figure out how they did it. What say you? Uh, Scottish confirmation election too coincidental. Not spooked right there with you. Sure, would be easy to contaminate test swabs. All these people who are positive. They are near the president regularly, and as a result, are tested regularly. Never an issue until now. Very interesting timing. The whole Wuhan virus has been a biological attack. Zero doubt. Just consider who who has benefited. Remember, too, that the whistleblower doctor on Tucker said it was a manipulated virus, so not only novel, but unnatural. But as far as this group getting it, I don't know. A lot were together for AB, ACB. I think it's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. A, 
Yeah, that's okay. ACB's yes. nomination, though outdoors, which usually doesn't spread, wonder if some were inside. Proud U.S. Mama said that at praying for the number for America. Exactly. It looks like that. I hope FBI is looking into it. Vic Williams uh, says that. So I don't know, Randall, but I think it's uh, I do. I do find it kind of suspicious myself. Yeah. Folks don't you find that... it slightly suspicious? Yeah. You know, it's. <sighs> You know, the public perception may may have been that, well, the president really doesn't care about, and, you know, he's on the side that it's a hoax or whatever, you know, the Chinese virus, um, which all the mainstream media were calling it that before it became politically incorrect. incorrect. Anyway, but no, they're, they've been about prevention, being tested regularly and, and, and limiting who comes into contact, especially amongst the White House staff, you know, regularly tested and and you know, right? Uh, because they're because they're tested regularly and found negative, and they're controlling uh, access to the White House. And we haven't seen the mask wearing or glove wearing or anything like that because everybody's tested negative and regularly and you know careful about controlling for, the environment for months and months, months. by the way and this then, is, yeah and then suddenly yeah like i say um he's got it and you know some other you know close you know white house attendee people have it and and yeah so i read that of course he... others are saying well was the confirmation you know or not the confirmation the nomination you know they had that in the rose garden and that was what spread it but again, I don't know. Not everybody in attendance was a Republican. True. And I don't know. Well, let's wildly speculate. Yeah. And, and uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wildly speculate in my America One Nation Under God shirt, in case you're curious what I'm wearing. There we go. Now you can see it, people. Yeah, you can. Anyway, so. Um, I have a, you know, just when you think it couldn't get any weirder, it tends to get weirder, doesn't it? So, um, I'm not shocked by the vitriolic hate from the left against Trump. What I, but, and, and, and I do have to say that Tommy, our friend Tommy Norman, she tweeted, um, she retweeted a tweet from the Hill uh, website which says Kim Jong-un wishes Trump a speedy recovery from COVID-19. <laughs> if you think about that, this is kind of funny. Um, and Tommy wrote, if you wish anything on the president other than full recovery, then Kim Jong-un is your moral superior and you are in desperate need of deliverance and salvation. Hashtag praying for President Trump. Now think about that, okay? You know who this guy is, right? Yeah. Okay. So you, you. He's a communist dictator. <laughs> dictator of North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. So he's wishing, he's wishing the president well. Well, all these Democrats and ex Hillary Clinton person. Mm -hmm. Let's get to that next story. By the way, I happened to see some footage of Hillary Clinton over on Rachel Maddow's show earlier today. Because one of the Rachel Maddow, who's over on MSNBC, a flailing network that nobody watches, <laughs> and she's an out lesbian, right? I mean, she's, you know, look at me, I'm a lesbian, and and you know, please don't take that clip and make it sound like I said that. But Rachel Maddow said, well, Rachel Maddow's out about it. anyway. Whatever. Anyway, Rachel Maddow, to her credit, wishes Trump well. Okay. While all the other flaming liberals and people are like, we wish you dead. <laughs> we want you to die. Uh, which tells you how evil there are a lot of people in this country. Even when President Barack Hussein Obama was our president, I never wished the guy dead. I just wished he'd go back to where he was came from, which was not America. Because um, he was the worst president so far in the history of America, in my, in my opinion. Uh, a humble opinion, though it may be. <laughs> in my lifetime, anyway. Um, 
But Hillary was on, she was talking to Rachel Maddow, and I don't know, but she looks like she's gotten pretty old looking. I mean, she looked old anyway, but, you know, Hillary's kind of a grandma looking. I mean, she looks super old now compared to before, but but anyway, here's another article. Ex-Hillary Clinton spokeswoman expresses death wish for the president. Um, this is over on World Net Daily. President Trump's confirmation that he and First Lady Melania, Melania, Melania Trump have been diagnosed positive for COVID-19 has unleashed a new round of Trump derangement syndrome symptoms. Former Brock, I would say, Hussein Obama staffer and Hillary Clinton national spokeswoman Zara Rahim wrote on Twitter, quote, I hope he dies. Quoted when at Michael Malice and at Kurt Schlitzer something. <laughs> This doesn't work very well in reader view, all this. Tell you, they want you dead, but will settle for your submission. They are not exaggerating. Former Barack Obama staffer and Hillary Hillary Clinton 2016 national spokeswoman right here says this. (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to get all these dumb things off my computer. Okay. Um, English television personality Piers Morgan called Raheem's tweet shocking and shameful. Shocking and shameful, this now-deleted tweet was the reaction to President Trump testing positive for COVID from at Zara Rahim, former Obama White House staffer and Hillary Clinton's former 2016 national spokeswoman. I think we already said this, didn't we? Um, Trump derangement syndrome, or TDS, was captured in a video montage posted on Twitter by Blaze TV reporter Elijah Schaefer. See the video. Well, we don't have that, but anyway. So... I will go and take Trump out tonight, said Representative Maxine Waters, Democrat, California. She's so tolerant. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said, I don't know why there are uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo said, show me where it says protesters are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Former Attorney General Eric Holder said, when they go low, we kick. An an MSNBC personality said of Trump, I'd like to punch him in the face. Joe Biden once said that if he and President Trump were in high school together, he'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Actor Johnny Depp asked, when was the last time an actor assassinated a president? A commentator on MSNBC said they're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. (laughs) And there was, where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? Comedian Kathy Griffin, oh no, held up a faked bloody head of the decapitated Donald Trump and Madonna said, I have thought at, I have thought at an awful lot about blowing up the White House. The Twitter news aggregating site Twitchy called it the most important video of 2020. The threats also have been extended to Trump supporters. The former CEO of Twitter, Dick Costolo, a multimillionaire, says those who disagree with him politically should be shot. He actually wrote here in the tweet, Me first capitalists who think you can separate society from business are going to be the first people lined up against the wall and shot in the revolution. I'll happily provide video commentary. Wow. On Twitter he said, okay, I just read that. This is a direct threat of murder posted on Twitter, so will they shut down his account? Asked the Gateway Pundit. Commentator Mike Cervanovich also weighed in. This isn't a nobody. This is a near billionaire, former Twitter CEO. He wants to murder people he doesn't agree with politically. This is how 90% of big tech thinks. They won't stop at bans. Here's what they want in their own words. And I, I, you know, I just went ahead and said that, whatever. Okay. And some of these, honestly, you guys, are kind of mild compared to the gay activist community that tends to really rail over, you know, Trump. And anybody who, you know, has a modicum of decency, you know, I don't know about you guys, but that's, that's disturbing. And yet, at the same time, I cannot personally get angry or really feel mad at these people. Because they're so lost. You know, the Bible talks about in the book of 1 John, and actually the Gospel of John and other places, that people who don't know Christ are in darkness, right? They are just doing what people in darkness do, you know? 
I don't know about you, but like at night when I get up sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll be walking through my bedroom and, you know, and hope that I don't hit something like with my foot. But I, but I could still get from my bedroom to the bathroom, you know, because that's usually where I go in the middle of the night. Like you do, people. Um, but, you know, you can walk in the darkness and know your way around if you know where you're going, right? Because you've been there. But for people who are in the light, like followers of Jesus Christ, people who have the Holy Spirit residing within them and have that scales lifted off their eyes and we see, we can see because the light is on, right? We are the light of the city. You know, that's what Jesus said to, about his disciples. He is the light of the world, right? So, you know, we can see what they can't see. So I can't be mad at people in the darkness who say stuff like that because they're, they're not regenerate people. They are, they're unregenerate. They are not saved yet. And we need to pray for people like this because if they're this radical for the devil, imagine how radical they'll be for the Lord when they get saved, right? Amen? Okay, and that's really, the, that's really our call. You know, we are the ones that go and change culture by shedding light in the darkness, by offering hope. Think about why people are so mad at Donald Trump. Just think about it for a minute. Why, what, what is the underlying thing? And, and really, if you can also flip it too and think about why believers are so upset, were really upset with Obama, right? I'll tell you why I was, because I thought he was a liar, a scoundrel. He supported murdering preborn babies, the gay agenda, um, you know, and a whole bunch of other things morally, biblically, I don't support. So, you know, I don't like that. I, I don't stand with that. You know, and here's the thing, the people who are in the darkness today who who are coming after Donald Trump, they're threatened by his policies that he's implemented for whatever reason, right? I mean, they're threatened that he's the most pro-life president in the history of our country, for sure. You know, uh, people who love death and murdering babies, um, you know, they, they, they're not born again. <laughs> You know, they don't know what Psalm 139 says, that God fearfully and wonderfully made us, that he knit us together in, his one, in, in, in our mother's womb. You know, wonderful are thy, thy, thy works. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go here, then you're here. If I go here, then you're there. God is everywhere. They don't understand the omnipotent, wonderful love of Jesus. They just don't. They don't understand it yet. Their hearts have been hardened. Or maybe they've been hurting the church. I don't know. We don't know why people, you know, hate God. But it's our job to love on those people because it's the love of Christ. You know, Keith Green wrote a song many, many years ago um, called Your Love Broke Through. And, um, you know, he talks, he, he talks about in that song, you know, what happened when that happened. You know, I can't personally imagine my life without the love of Christ in it. And yet we are the bearers of hope to a lost and dying world. Our job is to, to help those understand that there is a better way. And whether or not you agree, if Donald Trump is really born again or not, I don't think is really the issue at this point. His policies, most of the ones that he's put in, have fallen on biblical you know, on biblical truth and, and aired on the side of biblical conviction, you know, like supporting the, pre, you know, be, for like being pro-life, being pro-Israel. Barack Hussein Obama was completely against Israel. Hillary Clinton, totally <laughs> against Israel. When you're, when you're hiring radical Islamic and Muslim people in your cabinet, in your you know, and your thing to advocate on behalf of their policies, you're not supporting God's policies. Um, so we have to pray for these people because, you know, God desires that nobody perish, but that all come to a place of repentance. Um, and, you know, and so for the believer, the question is how, how soft is your heart? How, how soft is it towards those who are lost? How, do you have a burden for the lost? You know, I think it was a couple of years ago. I, um, 
initiated the, you know, your most wanted list. And I, and I said, look, you know, I want you guys to be praying for, I think it was 10 people was five or 10. I can't remember, you know, on your most wanted list. Who is that? What is the most wanted list? The most wanted list is your prayer list for those who need the Lord. You know, I've been praying for a brother of mine since I was 14 years old and he's 56 now. To my knowledge, he's still not saved yet, you know, and it's like, you know, we need to pray for those who are perishing. We, we, we need to pray. And yet God gives us free will, you know, he gives us free will, but here's how, you know, the fruit, right? If you see good fruit coming from a, a good tree, then you know, it's good fruit. But if you see rotten fruit, you know, falling off a tree, you're not going to eat that fruit. And I thank God for, for, um, a while has been kind of exposing the the church and cleaning the church and, and, and frankly, judging the church. I think America is under us, a, a, a soft judgment, um, right now. I think that Satan will do whatever he can to come against God's people. I mean, if you don't think that the church has been persecuted this year, then you're under a rock, right? I mean, they're, I was thinking about my past, just my pastor alone, right? I go to a Baptist church locally, you know, my poor pastor just lost two family members within a month or six weeks, you know, and really in many ways, his church, because the church is not functioning the way that he was used to it, you know, functioning. So he's had to deal with the change that has come in as a result of government and position on, on our community, you know, and it's, it's sad, you know, that, um, that, um, and, and yeah, it's, I believe it's because he, my pastor's a godly man. He's a man of God's word. He knows God's word. He will stand up and speak and preach out against, against sin, which is why I go there. Uh, Cause if he didn't, I, w- I wouldn't go there. That's for sure. Um, so we can't be mad at people who don't get it, you know? Um, but here's the other thing. We also cannot be chicken about where we stand either. You know, a couple of days ago, one of my friends on a phone call, uh, was, was celebrating her Ruth Bader Ginsburg t-shirt that she got. And (laughs) I know Phyllis, you probably heard that. I, I so wanted to celebrate Amy Coney Barrett being nominated, but I opted not to on that call because I thought, you know what, I'm going to err on the side of, of kindness and, and, and all that. But there is a time in the public square where you and me have to be bold and we have to stand up and we have to know that God is with us when we stand up for his principles. You know, I mean, common decency today may not be so common, but as a child of light, we need to be that example and we need to encourage people who are having that hard time. You know, we need to bless people who are struggling. And at the same time, we need to, you know, be bold with, with our convictions and be able to stand up in the public square and say, you know what, this is what I believe. You know, and I can tell you, I've done this for like my whole Christian life, actually, Um, and what I can tell you, two things happen. Number one, one thing that happens is that naysayers go away or they'll attack you, right? They'll they'll attack you. I've had everything attacked about me. I've had death threats. I've had, you know, I, I actually, when I was a marriage counselor, I had the gay activist community actually contact the board of behavioral sciences in order to get my license yanked. Um, you know, I mean, they are threatened. People in the dark are threatened by people in the light. It's a fact right? Um, you know, so they'll attack you, they'll malign your character. And if you're being maligned for being a Christian, you're blessed. I mean, that's biblical. Then here's the other thing that happens. The other thing that happens is those who want to stand up or they have the same convictions of you, if they don't have their sea legs yet, let's call it that, then what they do is they come to you privately and they thank you and they say, I'm really with you, but I just don't know what to do. I I just don't know, you know, and I find a lot of humor in that personally, because I'm like, well, if, 
if you believe, then why not stand up for it? And yet most people are followers, right? So you are a leader, you lead somebody, but if you want to be more of an impactful, you know, uh, John Maxwell said leadership is influence, not control, right? So you can't control people when you lead. That's what dictators do. And that's what the left people are. I mean, that's what those on the left are trying to do. They're trying to lead you by controlling you and your emotion. Can't let them do that. Instead, you stand up and you lead them by love, by God's principles, and by saying, hey, you know what? I get it. I understand why you're a little ticked off about this. But really, you know, what's this getting you in the end? You know? Like people in the church, for example, who've been been hurt. Look, I've been totally hurt in the church. Oh my gosh. I didn't go to an actual traditional church for a decade because of the leadership in a church. Poor leadership, I might add. You know, I didn't walk away from the Lord. I walked away from people who were abusive. Uh, and And it's like it took me being in that wilderness for a decade. Um... And then going, okay, all right, Lord, look, I'm going to, I'm going to give this another shot, you know, to, to get into a body again. But, you know, there's always something there. Maybe this is a therapist in me, but I, if you just ask enough questions, instead of trying to impose your opinion, you figure out where people are. I remember years ago, I was listening to a show called Stand to Reason. Greg Kokel um, was the host of it and he still hosts it. Um, it's a great show. It's it's a Christian apologetics show, which just means that he teaches Christians how to defend their faith. And, you know, he um he made a comment once. I never forgot. And it's so true. Most people will assume what you believe without you even saying what you believe. It happens all the time. The question is, are you aware of it when it happens? So you can be having a conversation in the public square if you want to share your, if you want to share the gospel, it's really easy to do that. You can use anything in the news, I mean, to bring it up. That's all I do here on the show is I talk about the news and we've been scripture. That's all I do. Um, you know, and so you don't even have to say anything. Just say, so tell me what you think about blah, blah, blah. You know, and then you listen and listen to what they're saying. And then you respond by saying, well, you know, what about this or whatever? And, you know, it's interesting because defensive people will begin to attack you and they'll go, wow, you believe blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I actually never said what I believe, but thank you for reading my mind poorly. <laughs> now you don't want to do that, but, but it is true. People are horrible mind readers. It's one of the biggest problems in the world, I might add, <laughs> is that, hey, you, you read my mind very badly because, you know, that's the basis of a lot of marriage problems. People read their mind. Um, but, but if you get just a little bit of insight, then people will go, oh, because, you know, people just want to be heard and seen and validated where they're at, you know. And that's what's so great about Christianity because that's what, exactly what Jesus does. If you read through the Gospels, and I love this because I just read this um, yesterday in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, we see a little story about Mary and Martha. And, you know, Mary and Martha, this, this passage has been, um, you know, has been like blown up in books and stuff and women's ministries. And, and people often kind of condemn Martha. But, but Jesus never condemned Martha. You know, he, he didn't like go, hey, Martha you're a butthead. You shouldn't be, <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, he, he made a point. I just want to read this to you. I'm going to find it right here really, really fast. So in Luke 10 chapter, in Luke, Luke chapter 10, it says this. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So Martha was hospitable people. She let Jesus come into her house. I think that's a pretty cool thing. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. 
I, I like that because, you know, she went to the Lord and asked him a question. Don't you, don't you care, like, what's going on here? And in verse 41, it says, But the Lord answered and said, said to her, Martha, Martha, you are, worried and wor- you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And there's so many things we could say here, but, you know, Jesus's response to Martha was sweet. You know, I, I picture the Lord Jesus saying, Martha, Martha, you know, this is such love, you know, like, come here, let me give you a hug. You're just worried. I don't really give a, I was going to say Jesus won't say that, but (laughs) Jesus won't say, I don't give a crap about how your house looks, but... I would, um, putting that in God's work. Well, anyway, Jesus would, doesn't care about how your house looks. He doesn't care that, you know, that you're cleaning the house and you're making food and all that. He doesn't care about that. And he points out to Martha, you're worried and you're bothered by so many things. But Mary has chosen the good part. This is the good part. Just sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to his word. And frankly, that's where I've been in my life the last couple of weeks. You know, I've been in, I was invited by uh, Pam Gillespie, who is a precept Bible teacher, to be a part of her um, reading through the Bible in 50 days thing. And I actually decided, she blessed me with this as a gift. And so I thought, you know what, I'm not going to my network meeting normally. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not pursuing this, blah, blah. I'm actually making this a priority. And it has been hard. I'm not going to lie. It has been hard because I'm, I am a Martha in so many ways. And yet, you know what? If you don't take the time in your own Christian walk to sit at Jesus's feet and to spend time with him in his word and to read it and meditate on it, then you don't have anything to give people who are looking for hope because you're so wore out. You don't have it to give. You can't give what you don't have right? And I remember, and I've shared this before, but I really feel like it's necessary to share it again because I, because some, there might be somebody new. You know, Rebecca, Rebecca Pippert wrote a book called Out of the Salt Shaker into the World. And if you were listening to the show a couple years ago, we did a whole thing on evangelism for like a year. I, I focused on evangelism. In her book, which is a classic book on evangelism, she shares this story about how she lived in some apartments and her neighbor, she kept, she just wanted her neighbor to get saved. She had a burden for her neighbor and it didn't matter what she did. Whenever she had an interaction with her neighbor, her neighbor just kind of like ignored her and didn't really want anything to do with her. Well, one day she went down to do her laundry in the laundromat at the, at, in the, um, what do you call it? The laundry room. And, um, she was doing something. I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but her neighbor came in and, and Rebecca, she goes by Becky. Becky was just having a meltdown. She was just so overwhelmed. Her husband was on the mission field or traveling or something. And she was just feeling overwhelmed. She didn't have what she needed and just really overwhelmed. And this neighbor who she had been witnessing to took interest in her and tried to help her out. And so Becky invited her up to her apartment and um and then just started sharing with her what was going on with her life you know I don't know how many people do that do you do that how many of you are struggling you just don't tell anybody about it because you don't know who to tell right you don't want to impose your feelings or you don't want to feel like a burden you know uh you don't want somebody to see you cry because that's vulnerable, just, you know, just admit it. But hey, when you're my age, you can cry, and middle-aged women get it. We can just cry and just say it's our hormones. <laughs> Give me an amen if you understand what I'm talking about, people, because it's, it's the truth. And we have, we all have, we all have that, right? Well, anyway, over a period of time, uh, Rebecca Pipper was talking to this neighbor, and um, who she so wanted to share the Lord with, and she ended up having this conversation with her to the point where uh, the neighbor finally said, look, you know what? 
I always felt completely intimidated of you because you always looked so put together and like your life was perfect. And I didn't know how I could relate to you. And now I know how I can relate to you because you shared with me you have a problem, right? And eventually Becky was able to lead that woman to the Lord, which therein goes back to what we're dealing with in our culture. The, num the number one thing, and, and I have to credit Janet Parshall for teaching me this so many years ago, you cannot change culture by how you vote. You, you can't. I mean, Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever. You're not going to change the culture by how you vote. You're going to change the culture by changing people's hearts for the Lord. Once somebody is converted to Christianity and they're born again, they, they're a new person. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Then that mind shifts. Then that pro-death person becomes pro-life. Then that person who thinks homosexuality is good goes, wait a minute, that's not what God's word says. Then that person who's working for money and greedy goes, oh my gosh, maybe I should be generous and give to the ministry. You know, Jesus transforms our heart. That's why evangelism is more important than, than politics. And that's why we have to somehow remember those people who are, you know, who are in a lost world. They're in the dark, stubbing their toe, yelling and screaming at somebody they don't even know. I mean, think about that. They're, they want Trump dead. Well, what's he ever done to you? Nothing. I mean, honestly, um, get real. You know? <laughs> All politics is local, people. Deal with your local politics. If you want to get mad at somebody, do it locally because they can, they can damage you more than the president can, right? Anyway, the point is, is that, is that, you know, we're children of light and we have a hope and an encouragement that we can offer those who are in darkness if we care about those in darkness instead of getting mad at them. You know, you don't get mad at a baby when they're learning to walk, do you? I mean, I think it's cute. Little babies get on their thing and then they, they take a couple steps and they boop. They fall down. Well, a loving parent's not going to get ticked off at a baby that falls on its butt when he's trying to walk, you know. And that's how you got to see these people as babies, sometimes infantile in their own thinking. I mean, that's that sounds mean, but it's true, you know. You have to help them understand, you know what, this isn't how you're going to get what you want, you know. And that's what Jesus does, you know. One of my favorite stories in all of scripture, I have so many, but, you know, the woman who was caught um, in adultery, you know, that's a story. Oh, my gosh. You have the man pulled before him and her. And um, Jesus. No, not the man. Hmm? No, not the man, but, you know, the woman, she's she's pulled. And, you know, and, and we got this audience, people, you know, stoner, let's kill her, you know. And Jesus just says one thing, he who is without sin, you can cast the first stone. Go ahead. Anybody want to step forward? And I could just picture it, how it's been pictured in movies, you know, as all the people drop their stones, you know, and they walk away. Because <laughs> Jesus was without sin and he could have cast the stone, but he didn't. He didn't. That's what we got to tell people. We got to tell people about who this wonderful Lord Jesus is. You know, we need to get the focus back on Jesus, you know, off the politics, off, off Christians in general, and back to Jesus, you know, and not the Jesus that, that people preach because they look at one verse in the Bible, but the Jesus of scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, you guys realize how rich the word of God is? I know Tommy does. I know, I know Sean does. I know a number of you do. You get that because you read it, you study it. But when you think about the whole word of God as a whole from the Old Testament through the New Testament, the Bible is an amazing book. If you just take the time to read it, 
and if you don't get it, and I get that, if you don't, if you don't understand the word of God, ask God to help you understand it. It really is that simple. He will, he will totally help you. You know, he'll show you stuff and you'll be like, wow, I had no idea, <laughs> you know, um, Jesus is, you know, he's the fruit of the spirit incarnate, you know, love, you know, he was joyful, peaceful. You ever, you ever notice Jesus, nowhere in scripture you ever see Jesus had anxiety. He was patient, kind, gentle, definitely faithful. Um, you know, he was long suffering. The Old Testament tells us he's um, long suffering. He, mm -hmm. he's, he's long suffering. I mean, think about that. Just think about how you are. Are you that long suffering? I, I'm pretty long suffering with certain people. Um, Bareface. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, that was supposed to be funny. Uh, he's been long-suffering with me, but the Lord is so good, you know. And and when was the last time you, you read the book of Revelation? By the way, speaking of the book of Revelation, see how I did that? Kind of, that's a uh, talk show host trick. Um, do you know the book of Revelation? I'm going to be starting a Bible study in the book of Revelation in a couple of weeks. And because um, my Bible study that I'm doing said, okay, we're done with Jude. Let's, let's study the book of Revelation. Do you know the first three chapters of the book of Revelation are red letters? You know, you got the red letter people who are, oh, let's read the red letters of Jesus. Well, the whole book is Jesus's, just so you know. All of the Bible is Jesus's. But the book of Revelation is a very special book because you literally have Jesus quoting to John um, what he sees about the church and it's just it will blow you away if you really look at it and you read it um, and so here's my invite to you if you want to be a part of my Bible study in the book of Revelation then just message me through my website or anywhere else on social media at Bible News Radio okay because because um, I'm gonna put you on my email list and this will be a zoom Bible study it will be live on Zoom, um, and I would just love for you to come to it, okay? I mean, just think about it, pray about it. Uh, you don't have to come to all of them, but I will be giving homework between lessons. Um, it's it's going to be great, and we're going we're gonna to get to know Jesus in, a, in an amazing way because you know what? He's coming back, right? And we have this hope. See, the people in the dark who hate Trump and who are attacking everything, they're, they believe their hope is in Joe Biden. That's where they think their hope is going to come from. It's from how government's going to do something. They're putting their hope in government. We put our hope in God, in Christ. We put our hope in who he says he is in his word. I personally put my hope in who he is because I've been, I know, I've known him for almost 40 years, you know, uh, I, he never has lied to me. He's never forsaken me. He's always provided for me. He's, he listens to me constantly and doesn't tell me to shut up. Well, occasionally he will tell me to shut up. My point is that we need to have that focus and Bareface needs to go. So I need to shut up. So let me just say this before I leave. If you like what we do, um, you know, I've been asking for a couple weeks now for donations to Heart Tug International in honor of my birthday, which is next Friday. Uh, if you want to support what we do uh, and bless me for my birthday, yeah, I'm using that, <laughs> then it's nonprofit. You can give over at my website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. Um, it will really help us out. And it actually helps Heart Tug International, which this is what we do. We do this. We do Bible studies. We disciple. We mentor. We encourage. We equip. That's who we are. That's who I am. Am I perfect? No not by any stretch of the imagination, but do I have good motives and intentions? Yes, I do. So, uh, so that's one way you can bless us. If you, if you go over to biblenewsradio.com forward slash give, you can donate through our, our, um, PayPal account. The second thing we can ask is if, uh, you keep me in prayer. My left shoulder is still really, really sore. Um, and you know, in considerable pain, 
I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. And, you know, the Lord's teaching me some lessons through it. So I just ask for your prayer for us, our finances in particular as well. Um, and really that the Lord would use this show and give us opportunities to keep sharing the Christ that we know and love with everybody. I mean, that's, that's really it. Also, we offer wills and identity theft protection too. So if you don't have that done, you can get in touch with me about that as well. So on that happy note, thank you for watching. Um, I pray that God will bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. And um, tomorrow night we'll be back again for another episode of Bible News Radio. Have a good night.